Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of The Brief. I'm your host, Jonty Summers. And today we're talking all about the path to recovery. And we're looking to get some insights from China, which is obviously on the uh, slightly further down the line than the rest of the world in getting back to a new normal. And I'm delighted to be dialing in to both Shanghai and Beijing. Firstly, Fred Duan, who is Siemens Energy China's SVP and Head of Communications. And also Jeff Astle, who is the Managing Director Shanghai for APCO Worldwide. And we're going to be discussing how they prepared for and transitioned into the new normal as, as businesses open their doors following the COVID-19 lockdown. Fred, Jeff, thanks for joining me. Fred, perhaps I could start with you. How was Siemens affected by lockdown and the restrictions? over the last four or five months? Well, thanks, Jonty. And I think to put it very simply, I think the COVID-19 proved one critical thing. That is, in a very increasingly interconnected world, no company can stand alone. So it's Siemens Energy and Siemens. So we are no different from all the other companies, I should say. People have to cancel their travels and cannot move around. Factories have to put on a hold of their productions. And supply chain is also affected, apparently. So there's no surprise for us. But I'm sorry that due to the company information disclosure discipline, I cannot share the statistics. But literally, I assume that every company may have the experience the same, but only to various extent. And one thing special is that we are in China, as you just said. So you all know that among all of the countries, China is the first to take on all those impacts. And China is also the first country to announce lockdowns. Well, the other side of the coin is that China is also among the first countries to recover. So literally, the whole society now is already coming back to the previous normal, or we should say near normal. Shops, schools are open again. Well, of course, traffic jams are also coming back as well. <laughs> so for Sims Energy, even back in, in March or April, all of our factories have already picked up operation to its full capacity. And up to now, our, our offices in China are also operating as you run now. So, Zhang that's so when, yeah, when when how long have you how long have you been back working uh, back in the office back at back supply chains up and running completely? How how long? Well, I should say starting from the end of March, everything was already picking up and uh, staff are already coming back to the office. Right, Jeff. Perhaps I could bring you in here. What what were some of the key challenges uh, that, that that you as APCO faced during the lockdown, and how 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 did that look for you? Yeah, I, I think the services sector may sort of have a different curve uh, of impact than, than, say, the manufacturing sectors uh, and supply chains that, that Fred was explaining. I think, you know, the, the manufacturing sector was hit hard and, and, and is recovering quickly. The services sector, we, we sort of ironically were still very busy during February and early March, uh, and we just had to readjust to working from home and sort of managing our teams uh, better. And, and now uh, we've We've gone through a couple of months of really seeing a slowdown as, as foreign businesses are delaying work that they don't necessarily need to do and uh, making decisions about uh, what their plans will be for China. So we're seeing an impact now, although we are looking at seeing a bit of a pickup. So I think the, the, service, the business services sector will probably have a slightly longer gradual recovery. Um, we, were, we were also... Uh, you know, offices closed immediately in Jan at the end of January, and and we've been back at work, gradually getting back to full normality over the last six weeks, and probably in the last two weeks now we're we're back. Uh, do you know everybody in the office and and and, and back to full complement, and as 
Fred said, this new near normal. And how did you find, just, just looking back on that January to March time, I mean, how did you, how, how was maintaining agency clients, relate, client relationships in, in, with social distancing in China? I mean, how did the tech work? Was it, was it an, an easy transition? Uh, it took a couple of weeks. And that's all really to, to sort of readjust them I mean, is a shock of everyone having to work from home, you know, dealing with their kids at home, uh, dealing with technology at home. Uh, and, and we, we, I think pretty much everybody in China and certainly in, in APCO, we, we readjusted, readjusted pretty quickly after a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm sure now as the rest of the world's going through, you kind of get used to this new way of working and the new way of communicating with each other. Um, we had a lot of challenges around um, sort of reopening the offices and, and, and taking those steps, those small steps to to get back to normal. In terms of client engagement, yeah, I think it's been tough because, you know, with, with clients, you, it's about rapport and having that face-to-face uh, uh, communication and contact. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it, I think, you know, it just for shows that we can we can use this technology now that we have and we can find ways of engaging better um and 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 so far so you know the recovery has been good and 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 you know we've not lost clients through this process that's for sure fred perhaps i could bring you in and ask ask you the uh the other side of the agency client relationship coin how how did that how did that look for you as as your head of communications at siemens energy china how did how did your agency universe and those relationships work uh with social distancing Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly speaking, I think for us, we don't have an agency working with us on a retainer basis. And I should say that pretty much of our internal and external communications work is being handled by the team itself. So frankly, I cannot comment much on this topic. But on the other hand, we do have some agencies, for example, mostly for the work of events and fairs. Here, I think two things are very much important. First, the first one is that we got to face all of the changes together with our agencies, look into the impacts, and uh, find out the solutions together. Well, on the other hand, I think it's even more important is that we follow what is going on in the whole environment and think about the new ways to make things up. I think that is uh, what we have been doing together with our agencies. Yeah, and I mean, just to follow on, I mean, how 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 easy or difficult, and what challenges did did the leaders of of the business find in, in looking beyond the immediate crisis and trying to imagine what the world was going to look like in the next version of normality? How 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 quickly did the planning start, and and how how and how did that process unfold? Well, actually, frankly speaking, I think we really, really face a lot of challenges and a lot of challenges that have never been imagined before. But on the other hand, I'm also thinking that, well, let me just put it in another way, that everything can be imagined, but sometimes we may not, we may not have the courage or motivation to put it into practice. Uh, in that way, I should say that, actually standing at this point of time, I should say that in another way, pandemic also serves as a very positive push for people like us, for communicators, to come up with some new things or try new things. Um, let me just give you one example that we tried during the, during the whole thing. Um, we had a one town hall meeting in April. That is a town hall meeting for employees. And that, that is actually the first ever town hall meeting with speakers starting in from three different locations, like what we do today on the podcast. 
But additionally, we also have, say, almost 1,000 people dialing in from, from different places, and they can also post their questions in real time. So actually, uh, at that time, we were working together with our agencies to find a lot of very creative solutions to prepare everything, to arrange everything, and make sure that everything was, 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 was going quite good. And the, fin the final result is also quite good for us. But we never tried that before, before the pandemic. But does that mean that we, does that mean that we do not have capability to try that? No, I don't think the answer is that. Sometimes we use, I think pretty much a lot of people nowadays, they are using the pandemic as a kind of excuse or reason to, for, for not making a change. But as a matter of fact, I think chances are always there for communications. Just, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of willingness. So let me say that probably in the future, we can still carry on some very innovative approach that we applied during the pandemic. And one thing, let me just, let me just say, it's kind of a reminder for all of us, for all of the communicators, that is always we should have some guts and try some, some new things. Because basically, communication is kind of a social science, and doing communication is very much like doing a social experiment. So let us just try new things, and let's, let us just carry forward all of the innovative spirit that we applied during the pandemic. That's my answer to your question. That's interesting. So it sounds like there's been a, a change in leadership style, would you say? Uh, obviously, you're saying it's not about the technology because the technology exists, but perhaps a different, a different attitude and approach by, by the, the managers of the company and directors of the company and how they... Yes, yeah. How yeah. They I mean, especially for leaders, be courageous. Yeah. Especially for leaders, be courageous and uh, especially be courageous to, to try something different, to, to try something new and take the crisis as really as a chances. Interesting. Jeff, perhaps I could bring you in here. You're, yeah. I mean, presumably, I, 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 I'm guessing that you've spent quite a lot of time advising leadership of, uh, of organizations yeah. on employee engagement in particular. Mm. Have, have, you, uh, have you noticed as well a, ch a change in attitude amongst clients as they, as, as they look to engage employees in different ways using, it, using technology, perhaps you know, speaking with a, a different style of emotion and empathy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, and they, 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 I think is in a shift, uh, and it's happening quite quickly here in China. That that people are thinking, well, do we need to be in offices? Can't we work more remotely? This is, you know, sort of culturally, it, it seems is quite uh, sort, of, uh, sort of not as. Uh, proactively pushing for sort of flexi working and, and um, uh, sort of working from home. But through this uh, phase, certainly we and, and some of our clients, you can see that they're, they're much more empathetic, much more understanding about the, the needs of their employees and realizing that with technology, we can offer our staff more, more flexibility. Um, uh, and, and, and it doesn't seem to have had a significant impact on their productivity um so far and i think as 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 uh, fred said i think this this uh crisis this this covid uh impact is 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 a catalyst for for us to really uh, develop new solutions and and i just like to echo what fred said around 
you know, we, we were doing conferences and events and we had plans for clients to do conferences and events or media engagement over this period that all got cancelled. We've, we've quit, you know, what we thought, well, what are we going to do for these clients? Uh, and particularly in China, the, the sort of big face, face-to-face events, conferences are very important. Um, but it's been amazing how, how we've been able to adapt and, and clients have adapted to uh, sort of online events, um, virtual solutions, seminars, briefings, town halls. Um, in fact, I was on a, a, a broadcast through Zoom broadcast event that had an audience of 200,000 a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's amazing what, what they're able to do. And, and so, um, you know, I think we should really be seeing this, this as, a, as, a, as the catalyst to, 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 for, bu- for business and, and leaders of businesses to embrace what technology has been able to do for a long time, but we've perhaps been a little bit cautious about adopting. I mean, a, a question. I mean, is this is this? I mean, and and Fred mentioned it. You know, we're we're talking about you know, we're talking about a a a, psych, a psychological mm. uh, phenomenon around communications. Has the has the disruption been long enough to embed new habits? Do you think, or will we, or will we return to kind of the the old ways of doing it? That's a really interesting question, isn't it? I mean, I think certain things that once you've once you've once you've jumped and you realise how much better it is on the other side, you probably don't want to go go back. Um, and and I, I think you know, sort of the the online offline uh, types of communications. I think we won't see a return to the 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 sort of offline major events that 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 were kind of the commonplace in China um, and, and various places of the world uh, in in the future. Why why would we? Um, and uh, but other things, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a sort of slip back to 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 to, to, to normality. And people, you know, we we we're social beings, and and one of the things that I'm, I've uh, had great pleasure in the last few weeks is just getting out and meeting clients and and and, and having meetings and and sort of putting on small seminars. Uh, we had a, a we've had two or three small round tables with fifteen or twenty stakeholders, and it's good to be in a room with people. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, there's change, but I don't know whether you know we, we still need some of that human interaction. Fred, perhaps I could ask you. I mean, how has the world changed? I mean, what's what are some of the things that? I mean, you mentioned you mentioned a three a, a three city uh, employee town hall, but what what else is uh, is 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 going to be and likely to be continuing to happen that was probably unimaginable just six months ago? What sort of reinvented kind of processes and 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 things that you've been doing in the last three or four months are you going to stick with because they work? Well, let me just repeat what I just said. I think that everything can be imagined and everything can be reinvented. But as it, let me just echo what Jeff just said. I think there has been a lot of things somewhere hidden in our hearts that sometimes we do not have, we do not have the courage, and we do not have the how to say we do not have confidence to try that things. And as as the what I just showed you the the example of the Tonghou meeting here in Siemens in China that was really really unimaginable. But I think the pandemic really, really offered a chance for us to consider how we can merge the new technology together with our communication approach. Actually, in a way, in theory, the com- nothing has been changed about communication. The speakers, the target audience, the channels, the content, actually they stay the same. But sometimes what we think about is how we are going to do that in an even more efficient way. As, just, as Jeff, Jeff just said, sometimes if you jumped on the other side of the thing, and you just feel the, the bad aspect of the thing. 
So I think that is what, what we really have been experiencing during the past three or four months. We tried a lot, frankly speaking. For example, for social media, we, we never used the social media so much in our internal communications because, you, you know, social media is really kind of a double-edged double, double sword. Uh, on one hand, you that is really can carry a lot of instant messaging together our employees. While on the other hand, is uh, some kind of internal message can be spread out very easily. So in the past, there has been a very clear war between internal communications and actual communications. But in the past three or four months, a lot of a lot of internal communication actually was being done on social media. For example, like WeChat in China. And at that time, we know the priority is about instant messaging rather than the information confidentiality. We got to communicate a clear and timely message to the employees. So that you should, you should, you can imagine that for the past three or four months, we heavily depended on social media for our, for our communications. That's really something that we never imagined before. And now, when things are coming back to normal or near normal, we got to sit, sit down again and consider, well, shall we continue to do to, to so much heavily depend on social media? And uh, we should consider information security, you know, this, this kind of topics are coming back again. So, you know, this, this really kind of, a, kind of a cycle, I should say, that's really interesting. I mean, in some special period of time, something really popping up and it really plays a key role. But when that critical period is gone, and then people tend to sit down again and ponder about whether we should continue. So, you know, that's, that's really kind of, a, kind of an interesting cycle to, 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 in terms of communications, especially for corporate communications. But, I mean, that's just one example. There, there might be some other examples. But that's really, really interesting. But I think most of us, the new things, I should say, is really, really kind of about how we merge new technology together with communications. John T, I just wanted to add something that Fred made, made me okay. just think about is one of the things that I think I've experienced over the last few months is that we, we've, 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 we've stripped away some of the overly produced content, the sort of slick videos, the, the, the more you know, really well-designed events and, uh, and communications. And what we've actually seen is a much more human side, sort of a much more real side of our leadership, uh, uh, in our communications, our people, we're, we're much more used to seeing people sitting in the homes, wearing, uh, their, you know, with their own uh, sort of kids, kids around and wearing much more sort of relaxed clothing. And, and I think there's a lot of benefit in that when we're communicating to stakeholders and we're communicating to uh, employees that it seems much more human, much more real. And, and that provides us with the chance to be able to do things more dynamically, uh, uh, and easily and efficiently uh, than all of the kind of well-planned, prepared, uh, sort of slickly produced communications uh, work that we 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 kind of uh, thought was that was that was the way way to present uh, a business successfully. So I think that, you know there's we, we, there's lots to learn. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's interesting. You're both talking in terms of emotional language and authentic leadership. Yes. And can I also add one point? I think okay. it's it's really really kind of a very interesting topic. Let me, I'm, I oh, I let me just also share one of the, my uh, observations. Uh, I think probably you can find that almost every company in during the whole pandemic is is they, they were talking about one thing in their communications during this special period of time. That's about social values, or in other words, what they what and how companies can do 
to correlate with the society and contribute to society. Whether you are a healthcare company or in internet company or industrial company, it's, you know, the, the, that's really kind of a new trend. That's, they, they, they stop talking about their product. They are correlating their company together with their responsibilities, responsibility, responsibility to society and also responsibility to the, to the people. So that's really something, as I think Jeff, does, Jeff just said, something emotional, something carry more about the company value instead of just promoting their own products. So it's really, I should say that it's from product communication to value communication. That's really something mm-hmm. fascinating about communications in, the, in this special period of time. Yeah, interesting. And Fred, I mean, are there things in terms of in terms of Siemens that you're focusing on now that you weren't doing previously? I mean, you mentioned you've mentioned well-being of, of employees. I mean, are there any kind of mental health programs or well-being policies for employees that you've you've brought in as a as a result of this, or has has that always been a focus? Um, I must say that Siemens has a very strong and great EHS team, and uh, this team has been working intensively with all of the internal stakeholders, such as HR, security, business units, and also our communications department in the whole process. And uh, they, I, I should say that they really do a, a great work. And uh, also for the EHS topic, they, it has already been a long, long critical topic for us, for, for the whole company. So it's not a surprise that actually this topic was just, a, was just added some further weight during the whole, during the whole process. So. Yeah. I think it's, it's not, for, for us, it's actually, it's not a kind of a surprise for us. But the pandemic also, I mean, brought up more chance for, for, for our employees to build up awareness about EHS during hosting. Yeah, interesting. Jeff, would you say that amongst your client base that that's, that's pretty, pretty similar or have some yes. placed a, a, a greater emphasis on employee well-being than they perhaps have done previously? Yeah, I, I think it was a trend that was happening here uh, for a few years. And the, the two big topics were about sort of employee engagement and um, corporate social responsibility. They and 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 sort of that broader social purpose. They were topics that were starting to get traction here uh, over the t- over the past few years. And 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 companies, particularly major multinationals, who are looking to. Uh, re-establish themselves in China, in China, for China, you know, for their employees, well, and and the greater society's kind of well-being. That they were things that the, that they were really starting to take seriously. But you can see now, and you know, being very kind of uh, from a business point of view, we can see business opportunities in that space, and we're talking to clients, and clients have already engaged us to do more work in that space. Uh, maybe against where the, the more traditional offline events and media engagement activity. Um, and, and we can see that clients are coming to us saying, well, how can we inspire our workers? How can we inspire our stakeholders? How can we engage with the broader community and the stakeholders? How can we be a good corporate citizen? What can we do to develop in this space? So, I, I, you, know, I, you know, it's a... In our in our agency world, this is, a, this is, I think, something that our clients are going to be asking us to do more of. Yeah, interesting. And and when I mean, looking looking kind of to, to to kind of physical space, and you've both mentioned kind of the remote aspect. What about the challenges of re- returning to an office environment? How hard how hard was that after three months? Because obviously in the UAE and and Saudi Arabia, we're in, we're now only just getting to that stage where people have been out of the office for three months, uh, and are wondering whether they will uh, ever want to wear a suit and tie again. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I can I can 
kickoff, Fred. They, it, it doesn't take long to readjust. And when, when you've not been in the office for a couple of months, uh, it's, and you, you know, you've not been out the door in, in many cases, or certainly not you know, far from your home for a couple of months, everything feels very strange. Um, and, and you know, just coming into the office, what to expect. And we went through a transition over six weeks where we, for, for one week, it, or for two weeks, it was... Uh, a third of the people for for one day a week each so we we're only open for three days and then it went to half the people for two days each and we we sort of weaned people back on to being in the office we've now been back in the office uh, full time for two weeks and everybody's here and it it feels normal again so we sort of weaned ourselves back to back to back to it and 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 uh, though i think certain things will have changed uh forever in terms of how much office space we need, how we use it, how many people are in the office, you know, for the full day, uh, we certainly are looking at deploying much more flexibility uh, uh, in in our working there. Fred, would that be the same at Siemens? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, especially on the part of the, um, I should say, psychological challenge. As just as Jeff just put it, after a few months of working from home, people tend to get used to this new way of life and work. So when the office is ready for opening again, people find it hard to get back to the office life. So this is really, really, really interesting. But I, I mean, that's not actually, it's not a surprise. It really takes a while for people to find the lost paradise, right? Well, um, I think for us, for a big company like us, I think there is another challenge. And I think it's basically kind of a physical challenge. I mean, whether the office has already been, you know, has already had all the hygiene measures in place, you know, for some, especially for some locations, the uh, the, the local government really has some really, really strict requirements, right? So we got to stay tuned to the local rules and uh, which are really updated from time to time. And that's why I think inside of a big company like Siemens, the collaboration between different departments like EHS, like security, like like our um, HR office, like our communications team, we got to really, really work together to make sure that physically uh, the, all of the conditions are ready. And also, on the other hand, psychologically, how we as communications leaders help our employees to get, get back to the new normal. Yeah. Last couple of questions, because I'm aware we've been, we've been talking for a little while. But, I mean, if, if you had, Fred, with the, benef the benefit of hindsight and back in November 2019, if you can remember that long ago, you, you, you knew that there was going to be a pandemic coming in January. What, what would you have done differently? Uh, what, would you, what have you learned from this? Um, that's actually a kind of a hypothetical question, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the, uh, the uh, yeah, <laughs> first and foremost, I think, the, uh, I think if, if I look from now, I think the, the, the pandemic already showed one thing, that is communication is the most important thing in a time of crisis. And it's needed more than ever. So if I got a chance, I'd rather advise my CEO that you really, really spend some more time together with us on communications, right, to prepare us, uh, to prepare us not only in the good time, but also in the worst time. And secondly, I should say, you know, people are talking about new normal. But I think what we have experienced and what we are experiencing now, actually, they are just something normal. So we don't have to overreact to some, to some situation. So we just need to handle the hard time with confidence and trust. And let me see, certainly, I think we got to follow the technological trends and keep, keep trying new things, as just as that. 
we should have the courage to try new things. And uh, yeah, I mean, we really have to, to, to learn about some new technologies like the Zoom meeting today, right? And yes. uh, the, uh, I think the pandemic really shows how online technologies merge with, with, with traditional communications. So I'm sure there will be some more applications in the future. And I think probably in the future, the, the whole iteration process will be much faster. I think that's probably what I can imagine that I can, that I can do. And, and, and Jeff, a thought from you. I mean, if, what, what advice would you give to those who are listening in on, on, on their kind of an approach to communications for transitioning to, to what the future in, in 2020 is going to look like? I think we've all, all businesses probably learned that they could invest a little bit more in crisis preparation, scenario planning, working how they can mitigate risks when they come about um, and uh, making sure that uh, everyone is, is, is well aware of their role um, if, if and when these kind of events happen again. Um, the, the takeaways I've had is, you know, get ahead of the situation. Uh, you, we could not communicate enough with our employees and with our stakeholders early on, um, you know, daily, hourly, as often as you need to do. Um, so more communication, the better. So again, back to what I said before, not necessarily making it all slick and perfectly formed, but but getting out there and getting ahead of it and keeping people informed. Um, and, and you know, you need to earn and keep that trust in in your in your people and your and your stakeholders. And and then the other bits of learning would be, you know, sort of trust them too. Um, and what you know, it's brought us. Ironically, the separation has brought us all closer together. We've, you know, and 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 that can that can create a strong bond, as I say, both with employees and stakeholders. That that you know, we we came through this together, um, uh, and we can grow into this new new space together. And the other sort of final bit of learning, I'd said, you know, be conservative in getting back to normal. Um, we have to adapt. Uh, certain things will be lost, um, but there'll be new new. Uh, new opportunities in new areas and uh, to, to 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 embrace now as we get back to this new normality yeah i mean here we are sitting on a on a podcast which i think has participants in five cities so uh mm. that that i don't think we'd have been thinking about doing last november um i yeah. i i think we've 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 run out of time but look uh Fred Duan, uh, Siemens Energy China SVP and Head of Communications, thank you very much. And, and Jeff Astle, APCO Worldwide Shanghai Managing Director, thank you very much both for your time and your insights. Uh, it's been great bringing a little bit of Asia into the Middle East. Uh, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Dante. That's all today. And thank you for listening to the 15th episode, can it really be so many, of The Brief from MEPRA. To help support our members during this time, we're hosting free online training webinars and we're also giving a whole load of free resources and support material, which you can find on our website at metro.org forward slash COVID-19. See you next time. <laughs>